Hello and welcome to On the Horizon podcast coming at you from Dean Studios. We are an extension of Horizon Church, a relationally driven, socially conscious, Jesus-centered church located in the heart of Towson, Maryland. I'm your host, Ryan Casey, and today we're going back in the day with our guests Clay Carver and Jen Stevenson. Thanks for joining me today, guys. Yeah, man. <laughs> sure. You know, when, I, when we started thinking about doing this podcast, one of the first things that came to mind was how few people know about the beginning of Horizon. Um, even at Horizon, Towson, we don't really know the story of the beginning. So I think it'll be a fun chance to dive into the origins of Horizon as we hear from two people who were actually there helping to make it happen. So as we get started, uh, Clay, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Brian, you know, do you have a script? Just the Is beginning. A script? Just should, the should beginning. I have brought a script? Because I feel, I feel I underprepared. Know. Well, right. I'll be honest. I was nervous. This is our I'm, first ever inaugural podcast, and I was worried I'd stumble over you know, where we meet or what church we are. You come across all sweet and smiling off the cup, but you show up with a computer, the script, and like you're like, boom. I'm the pastor at, um, I'm on staff at Horizon Church in uh, Owings Mills. Well, we're in Reicherstown now. Um, been there for 19 years-ish, 20-something. Wow. Um, pastor... Uh, Dad of two girls, um, husband of Allison, of one, one wife. <laughs> that that <laughs> says a yeah. Whole if lot. I didn't, yeah, it, <laughs> I got Allison will listen to this deal, and if she doesn't play prominently, then I <laughs> th that story was all wrong. I'm sure. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And are, you're not from Baltimore. No, my uh, my dad was in the Air Force. We moved around all over the place. Um, just before I came here, I was a youth minister down south. Was in seminary in new orleans wow. and um ended up in this area uh just to start to start the church we did live in maryland when i was younger like oh, cool. um, middle school and uh i really loved the area so awesome and jen most people at horizon towson know you as you are famous in our community but tell us a little That's bit about yourself for any true. for all those extra people that are I'm listening sure outside true. of horizon <laughs> um uh, are you you're you're from the area i am yep born and raised actually born and raised in reisterstown um, and grew up Maryland my whole life. And yeah, Jen Stevenson, I guess, should I say that? Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, I am not a, on staff, but I am um, a nurse and I do nursey things. <laughs> so it's kind of, I'm actually, I'm the sort of the head of research at MedStar Franklin Square Hospital. And I'm also the nurse residency program coordinator for the state of Maryland. Awesome. Yes. I recently graduated from a PhD program, I understand. Yeah, DNP, doc, but it's a doctoral program. But That's it's, awesome. Yeah. But your business card still says nursey things. <laughs> it does. It says nursey things on it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I'm excited that you guys are here with us, and I'm really excited to hear about the beginnings of Horizon. And Clay, I think we need to start with you. Where did the idea of Horizon come from? You're a youth minister down in New Orleans. How did you come to plant a church in Baltimore? So, you know, this was like 20... You know, this stuff here is like 22 years ago, right? right. So um, at some point, facts like, may be editable. Yeah, at some be. point, um, like history becomes myth, and myth <laughs> just becomes straight lies. Right. So, um, yeah, I was a youth minister and um, went to New Orleans Seminary just to do that better. I was an art teacher. I taught high school. I did uh, youth ministry on the side. I didn't. I never intended to pastor. I never intended to um, uh, really be um, a minister at all things just kind of happen and um while i was in new orleans I, you know I, I was one of the few that would go to chapel and uh <laughs> you know the they would talk all the time about you know the need for new churches and i was like oh it'd be really cool to bring my youth group up to help mm -hmm. out 
with a church plant or whatever. And, but then I started like thinking about, oh man, you know, I thought about like, it must be tough. I wonder what it's like starting a church. And then a lot of the things that I was imagining for my youth, what I was actually doing for my uh, youth group uh, made a lot of sense to me in terms of like starting a church. And then somewhere along the line, it went from, um, man, it'd be really cool to help a church planter to like, what would it be like to start a church? Mm. And um, so I started, you know, kind of looking into that. And um, it turned out that Maryland was a place that uh, there were a, there was a lot of emphasis, desire to start churches. The from D.C. to to Boston at the time, I don't, I'm sure it's still the same. Um, really, fairly small geographic area with one third of the unchurched people in the whole United States. Right? It just seemed like it would be a, a really a, a, it was also a place where you know it it, it has been churched, mm-hmm. right? And so when you're going to a place that has been churched and is no longer churched and you're like hey let's start a church like that seems like the hardest place to do it let's right. go do that there <laughs> I, was, I was like i was like oh that seems like really hard let's go do that so um that was uh that was the reason why we ended up in maryland wow well yeah well you met dave cowan down there yeah right? so so here's the deal i one thing that i was always really uh focused on was was discipleship and raising up leaders so for me uh like in my link in my youth group um, I, I would work hard to make sure that as students came out of youth ministry, they were ready for leadership. Mm-hmm. And that was, that to me, everywhere that Jesus went, he wasn't just a good person. He was a person who made a difference in people, other people's lives. Since so people yeah. think, think about following Christ. If you, if you not being there, doesn't matter. It's a good, like, are you following Christ? Right. right. So that was really important yeah. in my um, understanding of ministry. What I wasn't good at was, and I hadn't put a lot of thought into, is the proclamation of the gospel. Mm. Like the, uh, like literally, how do you do the worship service mm. part? You mm. know, especially for, um, like I had never really preached. People ask me not to sing near them. You know? <laughs> um, so I was not at all somebody that anybody was interested in. So I would go. I went to. Um, when I was in New Orleans, I heard about this church that had this uh, worship service they were doing on Saturday night, specifically for college students. And I knew that um, one thing that seemed really important was to have small groups that were very authentic, where discipleship emerged out of knowing each other. Positional leadership wouldn't be something that I, I would expect unchurched people to. I don't think they should uh, respect positional leadership. I think they should see the working of Christ in a person's life, be drawn to that, trust that person and be discipled that way. So I, you know, authentic small groups that required really knowing each other was super important. But I also saw that the proclamation of the gospel being relevant in the people's life was really important. And that's what Dave was doing mm-hmm. at Metairie uh, Baptist church. He, he had something called the mix. Yes. <laughs> and so uh, I went to a mix worship. So I was supposed to meet a guy who helped. He actually did sound stuff for the mix. And um, Paul, I was supposed to meet Paul there. And uh, so I show up, Paul tells me to meet him there two hours early and I show up and uh, Paul just isn't there. (laughs) And so I'm just sitting there really awkward while all these people are getting this thing together, right? And Dave comes up to me, Dave barely knew me from seminary. He said, Clay, what are you doing here? I was like, I'm supposed to meet meet Paul here. He was gonna kind of show me what you guys are doing. He's like, oh, are you you like, trying to start one of these at your church but I was like not really I'm kind of thinking about starting a church 
He said, really? That's interesting. He said, uh, have you like already looked in the process? I was like, yeah, I'm already, I've, I've looked into like, uh, you know, what it would take maybe to receive, to be a missionary, to receive some right. funding to start the church. And he said, that's cool. Uh, where, where are you thinking about going? I was like, uh, Maryland. Where uh, Maryland is really some them a place I'm really interested in. He said, "Are you serious?" <laughs> I said, "Yeah, I, I just got, I actually just got approved yesterday for funding to be, and it was some, it was this program it was called the Nehemiah Church Planter, and he just stares at me. I was like, um, like I said something dirty or something. <laughs> he was like, I was like, I'm in his space, right? Right, right, right. And so he's asking, giving me the third degree, and he goes, uh, "You need to come to my office." I was like, I'm in. I, I just I just showed up and I got to come to the principal's office. I didn't know. I don't know Dave. He's like a year older than me. Like in you know he was a year ahead of me in seminary, whatever. And now I'm going to this guy's office. What did I do? He goes in the office, shuts the door. He said, Clay, I didn't. I haven't told anybody this yet. He said, but I'm going to Maryland to um, to start a church. Wow. And he said um, they just told me that as far as the way funding goes, there's this one type of church planner called a Nehemiah church planner that we could. I could also bring on. I I need to look for somebody that, um, that's a Nehemiah church planner. I was like, that's <laughs> that's awesome. I couldn't. Right. <laughs> I was really like, I was like, I was here to meet Paul. <laughs> uh, I was so happy that Paul was uh, sketchy. And uh, so, apologies to Paul. If he's I know, right? To this. Like, like for the rest of Paul's life, he's like, yes, my uh, my inability to to uh, to live up to my word is God's call in my life. So. Um, so yeah, we, from there, we kind of, and it was really interesting how, like for Dave, like Dave loves the show. Like he loved the communication and the, um, like proclaiming. And he was a, he was, uh, he was a drummer, really good drummer. And like that whole thing for like really energized and, mm -hmm. and like, um, video, like, um, you know, audio video stuff back yeah. in the day when that wasn't so, so common, you know? Yeah. Uh, he loved all that stuff. And I think for him, the discipleship part was like, oh Yeah. You know, and I was like, well, this is good because that other stuff for me we is like, really I don't know. Well together. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So it was just a perfect fit. Hmm. You know, it was weird because it was like an arranged marriage. We barely knew each other. <laughs> but um, in terms of gifting, I thought it was perfect. That's awesome. Yeah. So you two guys from New Orleans just go up to Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah. like what, what, where do you start? Like, yeah, so like what actually, do you even do? Here's the deal. To add, this is kind of. <laughs> So Dave got here, like I said, he graduated a little earlier than me. He got here, I think, a half year before me. I had my funding. So you have to, you get accepted, and then you have to, like, go through all this. I actually had to go through like three different assessment because mm. all these different groups of people are helping with your funding. And so uh, we're coming up on time for me to graduate, and I still haven't been approved uh, to be a for funding. And I was like, well, whatever. I'm a art teacher. I can do that, right? So, Which, pause. I love that your name is Clay Carver, and you were both an art teacher yeah. and a pastor. Like, you can't make that up. He's a, a potter. potter. <laughs> he is a potter named like, Clay Carver. That needs to, needs to be known. It's really cheesy. It's really, <laughs> I actually didn't do ceramics for as long as I could because I was like, I can't do pottery. And then you just had to. I fell in love with it. It. Yeah. It's, it's really cheesy. So, I, uh, Alice and I. Uh, we were on our U, we were in the U-Haul with all of our junk loaded up, uh, moving to an apartment that we'd never seen. Dave just picked it out for us, <laughs> and uh, on our way to Maryland, I found out that I had a job. So wow. that was that's how uh, 
organized all that was. Wow. <laughs> how, uh, you know, set up we were. Um, but we didn't know anybody. It was a, they called it a cold church plant. The, the idea was if we were to have a core group from an existing church already, there would be kind of ethics and values that were already formed out of that. And we were looking to do something different than what mm. was already here. Yeah. So I was really grateful for that. They trusted us like that. Yeah. So where did, so like, what did you do when you got here? Did you start like talking to people? Yeah. On the street so or? it was, you know, everything, um, first of all, Dave's a better salesman than me. He did a lot better job at like it being intentional about connecting yeah. people. I had a little thing that I did. Like, uh, I would go to like, you go to restaurants or coffee houses or anything where you could just see people. And, um, I have found that, uh, being clueless, being obviously clueless <laughs> is the best way uh, to get help. And, uh, and in our culture, people aren't really interested in receiving help, but right. they love giving help. Right. So it's a great That's way good. to connect with people. That's good. So I'm uh -huh. <laughs> to Maryland and I don't mask my cluelessness. Oh, what did you, what are you doing in Maryland? I moved here from New Orleans. From New Orleans? Why would you move here from New Orleans? Well, first of all, living in New Orleans isn't the same as visiting New Orleans. Right. <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, I moved up here to start a church. That was perfect. It was either there was nothing you could say that either right. like more quickly ended the conversation or made very clear that this was an open. This is like right. this is the person to talk to or a person not to talk to. Uh, they, there was no like uh, confusion at that point. So I would uh, I would say, hey, you know, I've got this question like uh, I'm trying to start this church. But and I like literally all the things you have to think through to start start something from scratch. I would ask people what they think of it. Like the idea horizon's name happened because I'm literally, I have all these like work, all these things written on my page, all these like words. Right. <laughs> right. My, um, waitress comes by and she's like, what are, what are you doing? And I said, I'm trying to figure out like a good name for a church. <laughs> and she's like, Oh, let me look. And she's like, Oh, I like that one. Actually, let me take, I'm going to take this to the back. And so she, she wow. took it around and she, uh, <laughs> she took it to like, you know, she brings it back and there's like 40 check marks. I don't know. Everybody that works there, other <laughs> other people who are in the restaurant. Wow. Well, there's this write-in. Uh, I had 10 names listed. <laughs> the 11th is Horizon. And that's the one with all the checks. <laughs> Somebody in that restaurant, I don't know who, so, so wrote the word Horizon, Horizon on the piece of paper. I've never heard and, that before. And, and that, nobody at Horizon named yeah. Horizon. A bunch that of is people, amazing. A bunch of people in some restaurant named uh, named Horizon Church. Um, that's how I did everything. That's how I met everybody. Wow. Just being um, personally useless <laughs> uh, and uh, needing help. They don't teach you that in seminary. As far as I, I, I should, uh, you need to teach a class on being useless. Yeah, I actually. So before I went, before I came up here, I had to help this. I had to help this other guy down in New Orleans to kind of help him with his church start. It was like apprenticing or whatever, which basically meant, you know, doing all the poop work. That, right. <laughs> right. Poop work. So he has me going to all these um, apartment complexes and trying to talk to the apartment manager to see if there's a way to get, hey, we're starting a new church in this area. And what can we do to help you? What can we do yeah. to help you? Apartment managers are like, you can do nothing to help me, right? <laughs> I finally get this one apartment complex, and I'm like, look, I need, I don't know what to do. <laughs> We're trying to start a church. The people in your apartment complex, we really want them to know about it. Can you, is there anything you can do to help? Yeah. Oh, sure. And like, she was brainstorming all these different ways that we could get the flyers into all their hands and things. I was wow. like, oh. So I started going to all the apartment complexes, just being clueless and asking for help. And I was like, oh, I, I understand this now. Nobody wants to need help. Right, right. Nobody wants to be a mission project. And that actually, hmm. jokes aside, 
that was a big part of our ministry. Mm. Nobody at Horizon has ever been a mission project. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, people That's show up, and my first thought is like, I wonder how they are going to make these people's lives better. Yeah. You know, mm. um, not to use them, but like the best part about he being a human being, you know, is is producing. Like, yeah, that you bring worth to the world. Mm. You know, that was that was an important thing for me to learn. That's awesome, Chloe. That's really good stuff. That, that turned all like preachy real quick. Yeah, no, it's Sorry that's that. fantastic. So, so you're passing out flyers. You're inviting them to what? Like, what do you guys? Yeah. You, what are you? What are you doing? This is the weirdest thing. Like, what we're doing is we're meeting in my uh, basement apartment. Okay. Backs up to a um, to a graveyard, right? Nice. In in the sketchiest part of what was Westminster at the time. Right, right. We're inviting uh, everyone that we meet to come to a Bible study for a church that doesn't exist. Uh, and then people come. Wow. <laughs> I was like, I remember telling Dave, I was like, why are, I would never do, th if somebody was like, hey, we're thinking about starting a church and we have this Bible study in our, in our, in our sketchy apartment. Do you want to, like, I would never have done that. I don't know why <laughs> these people did that. Uh, but they started showing up and they started coming to a Bible study. And we um, wanted to help you. You were useless. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> but this poor guy. <laughs> you know, when they say, like, look for people of peace, there were so many people of peace. They were like, oh, this guy needs help, right? Um, but yeah, I remember, like, specifically Angie, this girl who was just in a really tough spot in her life, like, really um, dealing with depression and dealing with uh, just some, some choices that I think made her. F I was just really impressed by some of these people that not only um, knew that they needed help, but were willing to not, to willing to make themselves vulnerable enough mm. to know people that That's could huge. be helpful. Um, that was really cool. And there were also people like Jen, who to me seemed like on top of the world, like, you know, this girl's <laughs> like driven, a tight, like clearly <laughs> gonna make it. Um, she shows how, up. How did you two meet? I wanna hear this story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, so we didn't meet, and actually Clay and I didn't meet until you guys came to a worship service that we were having. So the yeah. story is, Dave, so Dave had, was up here. He was wandering Owings Mills Mall. <laughs> he met Cheryl Trainum because she was working in a store there. Mm -hmm. And he and ran. He was, he was useless. He, he was like <laughs> wandering around and um, started talking to her and somehow got on, the, got on that he, he was there to plant a church and Cheryl was our pastor at Reistertown Baptist Church um, our pastor's daughter so she was like oh my gosh like well and he said we're looking for worship people or we're, we're wow. looking for people but we're looking for worship people and she's like you got to come we have this quote-unquote contemporary service that goes on, <laughs> on a Sunday night and me and Christina right. now Christina Ogden and her brother Jeff and my dad, um, Keith, awesome. had this podunk little contemporary. And I'm, by contemporary, I mean we played like early '90s worship music. And my dad's on a guitar, and me and Christina are singing. Awesome. And, um, I did not know your dad plays guitar. We're gonna we're oh, gonna rope him into the worship service one of these days. Oh uh, yeah, he's actually brilliant. He's good. Brilliant That's at awesome. it. Yeah, but um, so we're. Yeah, she's she's like you gotta you gotta come and and you know be a part of this worship service. And so the first time I ever met Clay, both Dave, Dave and Kimmy, his wife Kimmy, Clay and Allison show up, 
and I think they had Josh. They had yep. Josh mm-hmm. with them. So Josh is Dave's oldest, and they're sitting in the in the you know pews. It's a Baptist church, <laughs> and we're like leading worship. And the rest was history. We met them, we, and they were just telling us their vision for mm. what they wanted the church to look like. We went to Wendy's afterward. We did? Yeah. <laughs> after, after the deal. Jen seems horrified that she went to Wendy's. You guys always went to Wendy's. That's what I was told. So I do all, not remember that, Clay. Went, and that was where we started talking and think, yeah. Wendy's. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't even know where there's a Wendy's around there. It's like right across the street from your church, from your old church. Oh my gosh, this is like oh, so long ago. But then, but they were there and they were telling us about their vision and all that kind of stuff. And we, Chris and I, lived in Towson, which is funny because right. I was still in nursing school, hmm. and Christina was finishing her education degree at Towson, and there just was not. There were no young people, mm. no college people, no people that like we we Chris and I felt like we were like on an island of mm. people that loved Jesus and we couldn't find we were like and that was one of our hugest prayers at the time like she and I were just like praying for community, yeah. praying for people that love Jesus that we could like hang out with, go to Wendy's with <laughs> and like talk about Jesus because it was really just it was like our brothers when like when Mark would come home right. you know during break and you know Chris's brother and we had a f- mutual friend Dan that that yeah. these are like the only people we hung out with and we were like oh my gosh we like need people we needed like lady friends <laughs> right, right too but um when they were start started talking about their vision for like college students and and being a community where it like appealed to to that generation of people we were yeah. like oh praise god <laughs> like yes so we were i think we were hooked like right away I mean, we loved our church, our, our church, yeah. but it was a, it was an older Baptist church. There right. weren't a whole lot of young people. And when they were the, came, started talking to us about their vision, we were like, "Please, yes, thank you, Lord." Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's amazing. So how did how did it go from being a Bible study next to a graveyard in a yeah. basement apartment to like something more? Like, what did that process look like? In terms of st- what it, starting a church, I. Uh, the idea that you would have a vision that people would buy into was antithetical. Like that, that's just a crazy idea to me. Like uh, God has given me this vision right. and these people need to come buy into this vision that God's given me. That's like two Moses years. Right. <laughs> Moses. So um, the way I imagined it was we need to um, help create a, a, just a system, like a, a space, like a, a way of thinking that enables um if if it's true that God God is speaking to his people which I believe right and God is speaking to Jen and Christina as they're pr- if they are praying for this then God is revealing something to them and they're actually the ones that will fill in the bowl like if we're just creating a bowl right, right then the people that are coming are going to be filling in the vision they're the one that they're the ones that will create the church right um, we're creating the, the space for the church and they're creating the church the That's people awesome. that come so we would meet people and as people would come the what the clarity of what we were going to become became more obvious now um all of that was going to be through uh, the love that they the way that they uh, demonstrated christ likeness to each other was going to um like reveal the church that would show up but the system itself the bowl part was that we would uh, meet in a home, grow to about 12-ish people, and then we would multiply because after about so big, 
things become more lecture format instead of knowing each yeah. other. Hmm. We wanted we wanted the spaces to be small enough that people could eat together and uh, more casually connect between meetings uh, together, and um, not it, it it not feel like a lecture format, but like a just right. a, having friends over to your home. So it was imperative for us if we we're gonna. As, as more people came, we wanted to be able to multiply that small group. So right off the bat, Dave and I knew that we would be able to each handle another small group. But we saw another important part of the bowl, of the format, that we would always have team leadership in every aspect. Mm-hmm. So as we multiplied, Dave went with, um, I think, uh, Jen's brother, right? Went with, uh, I mean, with Christina's brother, uh-huh. right? And mm-hmm. Dan, I think. And you and, and Chris. Chris, Christina came with me, so I got, I got the, I got the A team. I didn't. <laughs> they, that's uh, awesome. So they came, they came with me, and then the primary goal at that point is to prepare these people to not need me, mm-hmm. right? So that when we multiply again, and that we would be looking for new people that we could multiply. So the 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 bull part was mu- multiplication was really important, and and that meant. Uh, and they seeing people who were already there with a pastor's heart, with a heart mm. to care for other people and just um, affirming and equipping them to do that. So, um, and can, we, can I say yeah. that was one of the things mm. that was so incredibly different in my mind because the church I came from, it was your years of being a Christian and how much you knew about the Bible that mm. made you. A leader and that equipped you as a leader right. but at, but as we were sitting there I remember the first time I had only been a Christian for like three I only like really right. started following Jesus for about three years at that point and I and Clay's like so you're gonna lead this small group <laughs> and I'm like what yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry I don't really, and and but and it wasn't and it it wasn't that I knew a lot about the Bible and right. it wasn't that I was this like super Christian, definitely yeah. not yeah. this super Christian, but it was like, you, you like love people. Yeah. Like, and that's, right. that's was the qualification. Yeah. You love people. Like, and I was like that, it was mind blowing to me because that's mm. not how I grew up. Like, that's not what I learned in the church that I grew up in. Uh, that's one of the things that drew me to horizon was this culture that you guys had created and I want to say I love the fact that you said that you created space for the church to develop, that you didn't have like a hard line of what the church was supposed to be. No. Because early on in like I, I was, you know, in Towson's journey, we had all kinds of questions about like as the church changed as people came in, well, mm-hmm. is that what Horizon was meant to be? And Jen was our sounding board because she was there. So we'd yeah. say like, I don't is this like sound with our and she said it, Horizon was never built to be like a stationary thing. Yeah. It was built to kind of be like build into the identities of the people coming. Like Horizon is the product of everybody who's here. And right. so as people with social justice passion come in, Horizon is now social justice right. pa- like you know, like engaged and that's that was built to be that way. So I love that. So yeah, we've gone through stages at, at Owens Mills, for instance, where we've been very much more charismatic. Right, And stages right. where we've been much more, um, like right now, I think there's a more of a liturgical mm. kind of undercurrent. Mm. Right. Bit. Um, it's all because of the people who are really good at loving people. Mm. This is what the, this is how they know to do it. And yeah. you would, why would you, why would you say like this? This is you're really great at loving people right. this way. But here's how we do things. Right. That's like yeah. Really, uh. yeah. That like squashes the capacity hmm. for the church to really thrive. Right. 
Let me tell you, this is <laughs> I, this is what I love. This is one. This is where Jen taught me the most. Like it's different people, you know. Yeah. But this is where Jen taught me the most is um, she was petrified of leading a small group, oh. and she was it like two years probably that you would call me every. Oh my week? gosh! So I would say, you know, we, we would have those like planning sessions, and yeah. it was just me for a little while. I know. And um, like I led a small group by myself <laughs> after we led with some guys, and then they went back to the ranch, and yeah. like. I was like, Kai, I don't know what they're talking about. And they're all looking at me and yeah, no, every, almost every week. So she, we would go through the, um, through the Bible study and like, I don't understand this and I don't know that. And I'd be like, well, I have some ideas, but Jen, I think it's really, it would be really helpful for them to hear. This is what I know. And this is what I don't know because mm. that's like, that's really cool. Right. So we would, we would work, we would work through that the whole time. So that was, she was worried about how much she didn't know. Right. Mm. But what she didn't know is the, my favorite part of those conversations, I would say, tell me about the people in your small group and how they're doing this. I heard this every week. They are so stinking awesome. That phrase, <laughs> so, so and so, um, this, uh, Ashley did this, 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 that girl is so stinking awesome. That phrase, that stinking awesome. I heard that a million times. And it wasn't like in theory, it was, right. it was Ashley did this because of this and it came out this way. And because of that, and She's so like everybody in her small mm. group. She knew these like details of their life, mm. and the details that she knew made her excited about them. Mm. I've known people in my small group that the details in their life didn't necessarily make me so excited about them, right? <laughs> so when I would talk to Jen, it would, um, like, right, that's what a small group leader mm. like, she, like, Jen would remind me. That's awesome. Um, but and she's she's calling me because she's worried about like stuff that you can read in a book, right, right? Right. And I'm getting from her things that only happen because of a transformed heart, you know. Mm. And um, that's so cool. So that's where Jen like locked in. Like I've, I have been able to to um, <laughs> point to that. Mm. So many other small group leaders, both in terms of like this is why I'm so glad you're a small group leader, and hey, this is what's going on with your small group. This is what you're seeing right now. And you've got to see them this way or you'll never, if you don't, if you don't love them like this, like right. all the way, right. then, um, I don't see how you're going to make it as a small mm. group leader, you know? Wow. So, um, so early on, you know, I didn't know, I didn't like, guys, this is what a small group leader is going to be like. But as we would do it and I would hear these things, I'd hear, I was like, oh my gosh, that's like, that's got to be core to horizon. That's mm. something that Jen taught me, you know? So. That's great. I was like, "Why am I a part of this church? <laughs> this is crap." And they didn't like. They didn't like. You the didn't fact, know how stinking awesome you were. <laughs> well, they didn't like the fact that they were so um, thought of, like Jenny and Christina, as one person almost. And I never thought of them as one person, like that. It had to be that way. But I definitely saw the compat the way that God had equipped Jen and the way that God had equipped Christina, and they. It wasn't that they had to be together. They submitted to, they were friends and they let their differences not cause enough problem. They were able to lead together exceedingly mm. well. That's awesome. Like if Jen were on her own, I was been a lot more afraid of like burnout. Was like, I would look at Jen, I'm like, you've got to chill a little bit. Uh. You know? <laughs> um, Christina, I thought was really good at pacing herself and not getting so, I don't know. I just thought the two of them together were, I just saw a lot. Of, Actually, that was something that was really cool too. But team leadership—you would see um, these people pair up. It was like, oh, it's so good for them that they're together, mm -hmm. which also has to be good for the group that they're together. Right. You know, 
Yeah. I, and I think that's one of the things, because like that's, Dave and Clay were so good together, right. like this going out sort of in twos. Mm-hmm. And then that's how we really, I mean, have multiplied link groups since then is going out in twos or groups because you have these pairs of people or pairs of couples or whatever mm-hmm. that just work so well together. They have gifts that complement one another right. that meet the needs of the group. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think that's, it's huge because like, you know, you have someone that, like I do, I, I do get a little, you know, I'm a little like too much. And then I, to be paired with somebody who's like, all right, simmer down a little bit. is like, you're really healthy for me. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. like that's, it works and works for the group. So yeah. it's, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I think both in terms of complementary skills, but also like just seasons of life. You have right. one person that just, they're just exhausted. Well, let them be exhausted. Just take care of yourself. I'll, I'll, I'll bear a little bit more of the load right now, you know? It's mm. that kind of, it's not like, well, this is your job and this is my job. There's like, because you love each other, you're like, oh mm. man, take, I'll just take care of this week and you just, what can I do for you? You know, mm. having that kind of love and support together among small group leaders, I think it, I think it, um, I think that the, what you lose having two link group leaders together is multiplied four times mm. in terms of the, you, you don't, yeah, I think when that's happening well, we don't deal with leadership burnout. We don't deal with mm-hmm. um, people feeling used. Mm. Hmm. I, actually, I think the church should be best for the leaders. I think hmm. when we talk about, I think the entire church should be leaders. So everybody in my small group, if I'm doing this right, my goal is that they all become small group leaders. Hmm. Partly because I think it's best for them to be small, for them hmm. to be small group leaders where there are intentionally caring for other people and being cared for by the other small group leaders. And like, that's the, that's the most, the, the, the deeper you come into a church community, the healthier that should be for the person mm-hmm. or else you better rethink your church. Oh, right. Wow. So, um, that's yeah. awesome. So you have how many small groups going before you decide to like, like have a Sunday service? That's a good question. I think we have four. I think we're like at four. Not, not before we had our, like we started in like February two thousand. Yeah. We only we only met once a month at okay. the th- at Owensville Theater, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, and we, we had like, well, because it was you. I think we, I think we had four once we launched. Okay. <laughs> this is back in, in October. mythology. <laughs> right. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> it could have happened completely We're like different than this. We're like no. nine. <laughs> yeah, I think you maybe you're right. Like I, I remember, I think Dave's multiplied before ours did. So I think maybe there were three. I think. Because when Chris and I multiplied out, we multiplied out with Josh and Joel. And so they were that? already. Or they no, maybe we were by ourselves for a little bit, and then we were with Josh and Joel. Yeah. I can't remember when they came around. There were about three or four. It was definitely at the point where we had about 30-ish people that were regularly apart. Because the first service, we had um, like 28 people that showed up. That's right. Wow. <laughs> and uh, Most of them were our parents. <laughs> no, so we had, I think we had about, I think we had about, I think we had about 30 30 people that were involved in small groups. It was definitely the point where we couldn't. That's right. It was tougher to connect. Right, right. right. So Sunday morning was almost like the time that you, since we all started from one small group, every time you multiplied, you had deep friendships with with a chunk of those people in those other small groups. So Sunday morning was a really great time to like reconnect with people and then go out to the food court together and catch up. Not the only time, but an important time for that. Uh, so Sunday morning was an outgrowth of the multiplication of the small groups. I mm. thought that was my mm-hmm. 
perspective. It was also a front door, an easier way for people. Because still, I'm like, why are these people showing up to our house? You know, <laughs> right, right. Um, it was an easier front door, I think. Yeah. Once a month in February. Yeah, it, it, uh, 01, so it was like 2001. Yeah. And that, because small groups got started around in 2000, like summer of 2000. Yeah. Because we had the block parties. <laughs> yeah. We had all this crazy, we used to have block parties where <laughs> we'd awesome. invite like everyone in the neighborhood. Yeah, crazy. It was nuts. What and then people the from the mix party? would come up and, and help. Help. Yeah lead worship and food stuff. game like what'd you have oh, at the block yeah. party by? Well, like, we had like they build your own Sunday nice. and there was like <laughs> when she's been, it was like a trough like it was oh, like yeah. a communal Sunday for right. like, the awesome. kid thing it was gross yeah and um we like gave away a PlayStation or something. Yeah, we would. Yeah, yeah gave away like some we serious. It was crazy. It was. That's awesome. We had these like little flyers. We'd go, we we did door to door. Like we would pass wow. out door to door. I mean, wow. we didn't knock. No, we'd like leave them a little flyer. Was, we left. We left flyers for events with free giveaways. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We didn't come to church, but yeah, out free Xbox. I totally covered free whatever. Yeah, we'll definitely. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us for part one of Back in the Day, The History of Horizon. Please listen to part two in order to catch the rest of the interview.